episode number 418. Look at it always as a sender, as a publisher. How do you want to be written to? Do you want to know that the person that is writing the email is writing to 10,000 other people? Not really. And you might send it to 10,000 people, but one person's reading it at a time. Welcome to the Be Real Show with Travis Tutal and Hoff, where we talk about life, dreams, social media, and business. Well, hello, and welcome to the Be Real Show with Travis Tutal and Huff. Folks, you know your boy is always fired up, ready to bring you uh, some fuego in your days, nights, weekends, or whenever you are listening to the show today. But after this show, folks, I think you're going to want to think about how you as a small business owner or an agency that's helping business owners take advantage of making your life easier, running your business with ease, helping you reach your goals faster using, obviously, let's be real, email, landing pages, automation, and making it easy for the end result user to do these things. Because let's be real, that's the, the, the end thing that seems time and time again since I started my social media business is I can't get this done. It's too hard. There's too many things. There's too many issues. And that might be a user issue, right? Let's get into that, my man. Uh, but we're bringing you our guest, Mr. Tom Closer. Tom, are you ready to be real? I am. Let's Thanks go. for having me, Travis. It is my pleasure, my dude. Uh, so you are the CEO and founder of AWeber, an incredible useful tool for business owners. And uh, I was looking at the LinkedIn. Has it been around like 20, 23 years, 24 years in business now? It has been a while, that's for dude, sure. Dude, <laughs> that's incredible, brother. That is an incredible ride. So you were early on the train. Before we get into the business, that you know, kind of what you do for business, were you always an entrepreneur? Were you always selling things? Were you always creating things? Yeah, I wouldn't necessarily say creating things early on, but you know, I was definitely that kid growing up that was uh, shoveling snow and mowing lawns and raking leaves and you know that sort of thing. My parents, my grandfather had an excavation business that he'd started himself. Gotcha. Um, my mom and dad ran um, a garment factory, like a sewing uh, okay. factory, for a while. So they they were kind of some entrepreneurial stuff as as well there. So absolutely. So it was kind of like it's a little in your blood, you know. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, you- People always forget, like my dad's an accountant. Accountants are entrepreneurs, although they have to do your taxes. They also have to run their business, uh, scale the business, grow just like any other business. And some go to become H&R Block and some become just a really great local business. Either way, they're still entrepreneurs. Uh, A lot of times we forget that. Even the local gardener is an entrepreneur or the pool service, anybody. Um, You think I always tell everyone, you're all in sales, folks, because the second you get your degree, or high school diploma, or whatever that is. Uh, obviously, a lot of trade schools and things like that. Hey, you got to go sell yourself into that job. You know, absolutely. You're not guaranteed that. You got to go find ways and tactics to get the job, interviews, build relationships, and obviously, let's just be real. Present yourself the best you can, which is selling. And um, it's not really a lot. It's just presenting maybe the facts, or presenting the, in some situations, you're figuring out what the issue is or the problem. A lot of times, with the business is, and trying to provide a solution. And so. That leads me into your business, which obviously all great businesses that are in, been around for 24 years, folks, are, are great businesses. Um, talk to me about the idea of like when this first started. What was the idea for you? Well, it was ultimately solving problems. So I was uh, selling wireless modems back before we all had iPhones and such in our pockets. So right. this was, we were still on dial-up modems back in the day. And to be able to connect to the internet wirelessly was like mm-hmm. a big new thing. 
So I was going to a trade show. I was at college and it was something that I could kind of rep uh, on my own. So I was going to right. computer shows and those kind of, you know, geeky wow. places to, to sell this like new tech. Right. And, Were you selling to businesses and stuff like that? Like, yeah, like and salespeople and stuff like that as they're yep. on the go and they need that. Yeah. And like truckers and all, all mm. of that, like all these folks that like you take for granted the fact that we have internet now in our pockets, but right. you know, we didn't then. Right. And, and, they, and uh, they depend on it because that's part of their job. They're on the road and they need that. And that's, it, it's, let's be real. They got the money to it was a competitive that. advantage then because most places didn't have access to that kind of stuff. You know, every right. track didn't, you know, have fleet tracking and all of those sort of things that they do now. Right. So just being able to give periodic updates easily, you know, over the internet was a leaps and bounds better than like making phone calls or sending right. text messages. Um, you know, and that makes, uh, that makes sense. Even competitive advantage is like updating your customer about where their package is yeah. at or whatever, all the processes that you can do with. Yeah. So you had the, real- the moral of the story with that was I was getting a lot of inbound leads and right. I needed to follow up with those people. Mm. And most follow up, you know, was done manually back in the day or all of it was done manually. And after a while, you do that long enough and you realize most of the questions that people ask are the same questions over yeah. and over again. Right. Most people are having similar problems. Right. Uh, like the talk top about three questions. It's always like those, those top three, top five questions, right? That they exactly. Have. Or people won't ask them. They're afraid to, but like they really need to know. Mm. Um, so I wrote a, a little program that automated a few emails that when somebody had asked, you know, I'd met them at a conference or, or you know, when I was out, um, you know, representing the product and people would, uh, give me their email address and stuff and say, hey, send me more information. I would put them on this list that would send them more information. And then it would kind of periodically follow up with them, ask them some questions about right. you know, what they'd already seen, give them some more kind of Q&A as far as you know, things that I had put out there. Hey, when people typically get this email, they ask these additional questions. Mm-hmm. Here they are ahead of time in case you were thinking of them. Um, They're being on the, worked- on, the, on the forefront. And, the, and obviously at that time, no one was doing that. Yeah, no one was doing that. So in during that process, I met lots of other business people that had mm. their own sales follow-up processes, uh, and they needed to communicate to people about different subjects. And um, you know, ultimately, Aweber was born out of that because I realized, like, hey, all these people keep coming to me asking me if they can have this program. Maybe I should sell that. <laughs> Bang! So, hey, is they like the best? Some of the best businesses, which I always be, believe, the best businesses, folks in my opinion, are bootstrapped. You bootstrapped it, meaning that you created yep. for yourself that, you know, pr- prove the, the testimony, if you want to call it, prove the value, uh, show the success, and then easily be able to then say, hey, I can help you, Mr. Uh, any any other business yeah. out there with your problem. Uh, well, I solved my own problem. And then a whole bunch of other people recognized that I solved that problem and said, I have that same problem. Yes. Um, so it just became, wow. it, it became kind of self-fulfilling and, and you know, <laughs> So were you the first sales? Were you the, were you the first salesperson then? Just like uh, what was the what was the first step of like selling the service? Or obviously you already had built some of these inbound relationships, so you maybe already were able to just kind of talk to them about it, I guess. Yeah, I had. Uh, there were a bunch of different ways, but yeah, I was the first salesperson. You know, I, when you start a company, like you, you're, you're, you're you're all of, of the functions. So of course, I was yeah. I was engineering, marketing, PR, uh, customer service. So which gives you that full picture of Absolutely. of what's going on there. But um, you know, if I went back 24 years, one of my biggest mistakes was probably not hiring people soon enough to come join the team. I did everything myself for too long. Yeah. Um, That's the hardest but, thing because even though you're more profitable. You're 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 bound by your own time constraints. Yep, 
Exactly. So, uh, and it's a balance, you know, it's getting to that comfort level of like, okay, I have revenue that I know I can support somebody else. And then it's also that like early entrepreneur aspect of like, well, how do I hire someone? That seems complicated. That seems risky. Like now, 20 years ago, it was a little easier than it even is now because there's many, I mean, although there's easier ways to hire people, there's more competitiveness now, I would say. Yeah, I would say it's easier. It was easier to hire somebody now than it is then because there's the like the tools to be able to hire people now. Like I can outsource payroll really easily now. Right, right. Now I could outsource payroll relatively easily back then, but like even getting things like merchant accounts, oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. you know, to be able like you can pop over to PayPal or, totally. um, you know, so many different ways, like tools and businesses that basically help support your business. Yeah, exactly. So like scale it, you know, I, was, scale it I was starting this stuff before Google even existed. So <laughs> things, Crazy, things have changed. So, Who was your yeah. first like set of like sales targets or who, who did you want to like really impact first when you first hit, hit the, hit the gate running? Yeah, for us, it, you know, for me, like it was, it was more people like me, you know, we never, we've never really sold into like big enterprise businesses. Most of mm. the businesses we sell, sell into are small businesses right? Um, because it's, it's usually sole proprietors or, you know, five to small 20, teams. maybe 30 people yep. where, you know, it's a dedicated, like one person that's typically managing that component of it or a very small team right. um, because we can like, it's. I don't know. I get a lot more passion and drive out of like directly being able to talk to someone mm-hmm. and have an impact on their life, which then in- impacts somebody else versus like, oh, I'm going to the buying committee and yeah. the buying committee yeah. presents to somebody else that presents to somebody else. And your end user is actually three layers removed from who you ever get to even talk to. Never even know you. And yeah. it's like, yeah, it exists and there's a market for it. And right. You know, but it's like, it's just not that exciting to me and interesting. And so we've always kind of gone down that road where we have a much more direct impact on who we're working with. Um, and it they, seems to they need the well service. The they, need the, they, they need the service. It's a vital yeah. service for them. The follow-ups are, are real. It takes a lot of time. And the more things you can do, the automate it and use um, flow and all these different things that you can do now with, uh, with triggering, you know, emails yep. and things. It's just incredible. And if you're not even learning about it, folks, you got to start learning about it. It's my main thing. Uh, I happened to me in my, my eBay business as we were posting a lot of cars. We're like, hey, there's thousands of cars we have here that we it doesn't take enough time to kind of post because there was a lot of manpower to that. So we figured, hey, let's go look, do some YouTube searching. And next thing you know, we find an AI software. It scans the cards and it, then it lists, like somewhat lists the card for you. Um, nice. It's saving hundreds of hours of time in manpower time, um, as well as then obviously bringing more profit to those cards that we can now say, okay, we can sell at a dollar, $2. Um, because a lot of the sweet spot on eBay sales on a sports car business is that smaller end item. And, uh, obviously recession, recession, obviously you you count on the, maybe that bigger thousand dollar, hundred dollar, two hundred dollar sale, but the actual gross volume of a lot of sales are that one to $5 player that people just like, and they can afford. And, you know, anyone, whether they're 16, a hundred or whatever, can kind of afford a dollar or two, you know? So yeah, um, it's the long tail aspect of it is, it is the hard part is is getting that thing listed, you know? So having, uh, it's the same thing in this, in this business, following up with people, getting back to people. It's the same kind of process that, Hey, sometimes the manpower alone won't allow you to do this. If you don't have technology and software, uh, so I just commend you, my dude, because you probably helped businesses make millions and millions of dollars in follow-ups over these years, as well as yourself, millions and millions of dollars for your business. 
and your team and, you know, being able to see the team grow. Um, what, what are some of the hotspot categories of businesses that you seem to resonate with it besides just small businesses that like any types of industries or anything outside of that too? Just the, yeah, we really would like, we definitely serve across all different functions. Right. Um, you know, we do a lot of like e-commerce oriented, uh, folks, we say. do a lot of, oh. uh, kind of the creator, you know, social, you know, like the influencers uh, and stuff like that, Yeah, the social info, like the YouTube stars and the Twitter, you know, because a lot of those platforms, are walled gardens much in the way like AOL was back in the day, like, you know, where you don't own your subscriber audience. Um, So being able to curate an email list so that when you post a new YouTube video out there, uh, you can send your, you can automate sending an an email out to your subscribers that like, Hey, I've got this new YouTube video, go check it out. And it has a multitude of good things about it. One, it's another place that you can monetize and sell sponsorships into it. Uh, two, it's you've owned, you own your audience now. Um, but three, like you're also, you're essentially feeding the YouTube algorithm in the sense that like you're sending this organic traffic that they're seeing coming to the links Mm. as interested in this so that when the YouTube algorithm kind of looks at like who they're going to show at the top of somebody's, um, you know, stack of, of videos that they're scrolling through, your videos are more likely to be seen by more of your subscribers and more people outside of your subscriber base. New people. Um, which kind of, you know, it feeds the beast, as we like to say, right. um, for for getting those additional folks to to view those things, which continues to grow your YouTube audience, continues to grow your email list, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And all of that can be pretty much completely automated, uh, yeah, which is which is super cool. So the the, uh, the uh, like in the publishing business and things like that, they like want minimums on numbers, and a lot of them they want. 50,000 emails, 50,000 social following, or, you know, they have some metrics that they kind of figured out that maybe in their brains in the back end, it just, that's what works to sell the books, you know? And I think it's the combination, although running a social media business for many years, every time I tell people gmail.com is my number one site because that's where everything's happening. And that's my, my email, you know? And so if you don't have that relationship outside of having these other places too, and not leveraging the social to get the email, to get yeah. this, that, and vice versa. Like you said, when you publish a new video, you're pushing it out and saying, Hey guys, let us know. Or, you know, um, or, or, or a lot of times, you know, customers don't even do these things. And so you're missing out on thousands of possible opportunities um, just to educate people, let people know, inform them, uh, ask questions. Like you say, and many things, like you said, a lot of times the biggest thing is with the algorithms now, they all want that new inbound traffic. Um, it seems like time and time yeah. again, that's why even like on our randomly on our, our 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 personal website, more and more other companies are trying to embed a, a blog with a backlink to their website into it's, it's more and more becoming more and more of a big thing to do because everyone wants that inbound traffic uh, yep. from other sources and other sites. And it's becoming more important, but email is the number one thing that you can use. I mean, it, it, as long as you don't email someone a hundred times a day, is, what, so that well, gets me to would, the next sweet spot. What is okay. what is the what is the sweet spot on the on the email repetition? I'm curious. On the that. frequency, it's yeah, on frequency. I'll answer it with uh, an answer and a non-answer at the same time. All it's right. whatever you tell people you're gonna send them. Gotcha. And the and the most important thing about the email is gotcha. setting expectations up front. So like if I sign up, if I go to your website and I sign up and I think, oh, I'm gonna get a monthly newsletter from them, right. and then you start emailing me every day, what am I gonna do? I'm gonna be annoyed and I'm gonna either delete it every time or market it as spam or unsubscribe, you know. So 
so like, you know, whereas if I tell you up front, hey, I'm going to email you a hundred times a day. Yes. If you're sending me, you know, the latest, greatest Useful stock stuff. tips or right. like, you know, something that's going to really benefit me a hundred times a day. You signed up away, for it, man. Right. Sign, right. Send away. Um, that makes sense. hundred times a day and I only think I'm going to get one email a day or one email a week. Like you're, you're just fraught it's, with. It's vice with versa. Issues. So yeah. don't, don't set the expectation up front then when you're going to collect guys. Absolutely. And it's similar with the content too, mm-hmm. because somebody, a lot of a co- you know, common ways to get people to opt in is like, Hey, I'm going to send you this ebook, right? You know, g- give you this download. Right. And a lot of people want, they'll give you a fake email address because they think that they're going to get the download on the next page. Mm-hmm. So the key there is also making sure that you're sending it in the email and you're telling people that it's going to be in the email. So you get a real email. Um, but two, if you're planning on sending people a weekly newsletter or a monthly newsletter, or a quarterly newsletter, after they download your ebook, Make sure you're telling them up front because when they download your ebook and they get that in one email, any emails after that are not emails that they're expecting and they're likely to be gonna upset about that. Like, so why did you send me you this know, stuff? Be Got transparent you. with people uh, and set appropriate expectations. And I think in the long run, you'll have better results. You might not get that short-term burst that you th- that you think you would, but like in the long run, you know, email is similar in many ways to um, some of the social stuff with regards to engagement. If I have a thousand people on my list and only five of them actually open and engage with my email, well, right. the other nine hundred and ninety-five are telling the you know Google and others like, "Spam, hey, really watch your email." Right. So then, eventually, the smaller portion of your list you're going to get filtered, and and nobody's going to end up seeing it. So it's it's, it's about curating those lists uh, and making sure that you're setting appropriate expectations with people to get the best results. Right. It makes that makes the most sense, guys. This is someone that's seen a lot of emails, folks. So my man knows oh, billions and billions and billions. I was about to say you've been seeing billions of emails over the last twenty years. Uh, what, what about headlines, man? Is there a certain appropriate lines of headlines? Sometimes you see people with the real bold headlines. Sometimes you see like people put the whole information in there. I mean, is there is there a sweet spot on headlines too? Because I feel like. Headlines are kind of like news stories or clickbait of YouTube uh, titles now. In, I that, in, yeah. a way, in a way, just to get you to get you to kind of engage, get you to check out the story. If I if I if I if I have a catchy headline, I might engage with just the headline just to see. Oh, 90% of marketers believe podcasts are gonna blow up in the next 20 years. Oh, I'm interested in that. You know, just because the headline, th- there might be a lot of other content in that in that email. Um, that's not related to that headline, but they get they catch you on that headline. Uh, is there a sweet spot on that? Yeah, it was. It's funny. I was just having this conversation with another user this morning. Um, you know, some of the best headlines are the most boring headlines, like mm. where it's like a publication name and then like an issue number or an issue date. And wow. you, you think about that, and it's like, well, why is that the most engaged? And it's because the user is expecting it at a certain date and time, usually. Um, so when they get it, they open it right away. And it's something that they're looking forward to and they recognize the same time versus like if you're doing, you know, kind of the clickbaity subject lines or, or other things, they might not recognize that it's coming from you if they're just scanning subject lines. Like they might recognize your name or your business right. name, but like if they might not recognize it as easily if they both have your business name and like the publication or some more static subject line that they expect. Um, that's not that to say sense. that it makes sense. That really does make sense. Yeah. Though. That's not to say that that works for everybody. You know, if your content is different, you know, catch people with a hook, like the clickbaity stuff, like it works now where I would say that like clickbait type stuff that you'll see people doing in emails where um, they'll do the like forward, you know, FWD. Oh, yeah, yeah, 
colon yeah. whatever yeah. or the yeah. re colon whatever like don't play games with that kind of stuff because yeah. you, you might yes if you split test that you might get a boost in engagement right. but it's temporary because as you do that you're blowing all of your users trust yeah so the next time they get an email from you they're gonna be so like oh forward. this guy again and he's trying to trick me he thinks i'm a moron and, and you know he's writing back to something that i wrote him like right. that's the, you know Look at it always as a, as a sender, as a publisher, put your, how do you filter your, your inbox? Content. How do you mm. look at your content? How do you be, how do you want to be written to? Right. You know, do, do you want to know that the person that is writing the email is writing to 10,000 other people? Not really. Kind of want to feel personal. You kind of want to feel a little personal. Proof to it, but like yeah. write to me because like when you, when you write an email and you might send it to 10,000 people or a thousand people or even a hundred people, right. but one person's reading it at a time. You know, whether you're doing it on your computer, you're doing it on your Absolutely. phone or whatever else. Same with um, social, guys. Same with social. One person's reading the post on the other end. Absolutely. So speak to them, speak to their problems, and you're much more likely to have good results in the long run. Don't try to trick people because eventually they'll, <laughs> they'll pull out. a trick on you and they'll either mark them as spam Bye-bye. or unsubscribe. We'll never see <laughs> you again. <laughs> those are not good. Unsubscribe is good. The mark is spam is bad. And the right. don't, you know, just hitting delete every time they get an email from you is bad too, because over time those turn into less people less that seen. aren't engaged and you go to the spam folder. Like the algorithm so. on Facebook or Instagram, the less you engage the post the more likely you'll never see them again it's ever 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 we're gonna filter you out of here well do i appreciate all your knowledge now we're about to take you my man into our top 10 are you ready i'm ready let's go (laughs) apple or android oh apple apple netflix or youtube both (laughs) oh let's go too much too much diversity netflix is just becoming a beast with that content man i I I like them both i spend a fair amount of time with both oh yeah downtime it goes either way i can learn so much on youtube like there's just so much learning that you can have on youtube and interviews and long tail conversations and things that you can kind of do while you're working and then on netflix there's just so much cool content that you never thought you would ever see before it's just constantly uploading new stuff and uh I think Netflix is going to become very, very uh, more profitable with this new ad model, too, because I think a lot of people are sharing uh, passwords. And I think there's probably more views than they're counting or yeah. and they're probably getting they could probably at least monetize it a little more like any good ad platform. Right. Like where they can make a little money like Facebook meta. Yeah, we'll see. Know. I hope it doesn't turn into an ad. See, but right. Yeah. I think it's going to be opt in based on if you are yeah, you know, depending on what plan you're on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. Like we said, it, we don't. We kind of actually, I, I love YouTube, uh, the red or whatever it is. You pay 10 bucks a month and never see ads. We love yep. no ads. Uh, I think Facebook would make, actually make a lot of money just doing no ad platform, 10 bucks a month or whatever it is. And you never see any ads. Uh, eventually, yeah. I think eventually they might do that. You know, if there's enough people with this iPhone update with the Apple thing, it did mess up some stuff with the ads. I know, I know it did because my own business. I know for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, getting into social, Instagram or Facebook, which one is your favorite? Neither. Neither. <laughs> uh, you're on LinkedIn, though, my man, right? LinkedIn. For the I am on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook, but I don't do much of anything there anymore. For sure. Yeah, so. I mean, I think as uh, as the time fades, you become less uh, enticed to go to the platform. I even yeah. run a social media business, and I'm on there with client stuff. And then after that, I'm like, I'm out of here, man. I'm, I'm I don't I'm not on there for any personal reasons anymore. Right. The only reason I'm on Facebook anymore is for business communities that I'm a part of there. Awesome. And if you think about a good meal, chicken or steak, which one are you thinking about? Probably steak. Steak! Laptop or smartphone if you had to hit the door right now? Uh, smartphone. Smartphone! Spotify or Pandora? 
Spotify. Spotify! <laughs> movies or video games? Movies. Movies! Reading books or listening to books? Gosh, I should do more of both, but I'd probably go with reading. <laughs> reading, get the physical book, baby. Get the physical book. Nothing like the physical book. Marketing. Uh, uh, they're, often digi- they're often digital, but I'll Oh, still digital books, too. There yeah. we go. Yeah, well, either yeah. one, you can still gift a digital book, too, folks. Because I've uh, always got my phone. The book's always there. Nothing so. like that. Nothing yeah. like that. And then Audible, they got the the the, the uh, 1x speed or whatever it is, 1.5x speed, and you can just speed it up a little bit. Um, if you're thinking about diversifying portfolios in the business, for you personally, stocks or real estate? Stocks. Stocks, baby. Give me that liquid. It's a good time to be buying right now consistently, I think. you know, Even though it's been a tough time, just slowly, if, especially if you haven't invested. Oh. I, unfortunately, have a lot of invested, so I'm kind of like playing it a little bit like, okay, I'm going to just see how things keep going here. Uh, but I also took a lot of money off the table because I'm constantly, you know, feeling like uh, when things go up too much, you got to take a little cream yeah. off that latte, baby. Yeah. Um, but it's a, it's a good time to be patient, if, especially if you've never. When I look back over 20 some years, it's always a good time to be investing because it's even even at its you know highest, it's always going to go higher eventually. You just said so, it right there. You just said you it, know. my folks. If you have a short timeline, maybe then right. think about it. But you should, probably shouldn't be in stocks if you have a short timeline. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> if you think. Anyone that like literally runs a business too, I always tell them like, take a little bit of your money and put it outside the business and like stocks and stuff like that too, because these companies are working for you. They're in different industries than you. And if your industry goes down a little bit, you have these to protect you. And let's just be real. Some of these things could go really high, you know, and, um, and you could get really lucky or you just have the other safety net instead of having more employees, more inventory. Sometimes com- uh, companies are getting bogged down by this stuff right yeah. now. We've seen this right now, right? We get, companies bought a lot of inventory. They don't need it. I see right now my my customer's biggest problem, can't get people to show up to work. They're hiring. We're doing employment ads constantly on social media. Hey, run this employment ad, run this employment. Never before in history have I ever done this. It was always, Tom, sales, sales, sales. We need new more sales. We need this. Now it's, hey, we need employees to show up. We need people to, come. we need new yeah. employees. When we, when we launch a new restaurant, we have to have, cooks and hostesses and these people that are infrastructure of the business robots have not automated these things yet nope. you know and yep. uh and so until until that happens you know um i think there'll be neat ways to use even email to find employees find other creative ways have a friend tell a friend create a referral program absolutely you know, we have a we have a mailing list for recruiting bam, like if, there you if, go if you don't have a subscribe form on your recruiting page so that people that are interested in your business can hear about new opportunities you're missing a key opportunity to uh to, to, to attract right. to, well just to attract potential folks um on your employment page you're saying or like on your on your maybe yeah, like your absolutely your, we have several thousand people that have inquired to like be uh, to get updates from us over the years. I saw that, that on we your website. Mail. Yeah, dude, that's a very so, that's a good strategy, guys. It's it's something that a lot of places overlook, uh, and and can be a really key place to hire people that are already engaged with, know about your business, and want to work there. Um, but at the time when they were interested, you just didn't have a position that's open. So why yeah, why would business- you not want to capture that interest and communicate with them in the future? Yeah, instead of going to a hunt headhunter twenty k to hire somebody, I mean, some of this stuff is crazy when you really think about it. And then, like you said, these are your hottest leads. These are the people that want to work with you. You just didn't have the spot open for them, you know? Absolutely. And, uh, follow up with them, keep in touch with them, and uh, nurture them, like you said, to, so that they know a lot more about you. And then maybe, hey, Tom, all of a sudden has 10 more new service opportunities uh, available that yep. he didn't have yet last year. And yeah. what do you know? A thousand well, even, hot leads. 
even on your topic of like hiring and, and working with folks, like we use a lot of automated email to train new team members because mm. you can't just dump like, you know, an encyclopedia of information on somebody when they first start, but you can train them over the course of, you know, many weeks or days and months and so forth nice. as they progressively get, you know, more knowledge about the business to wow. kind of drop that education on them. So like just doing email on internal stuff is, is really great so that you would otherwise do manually. Um, you know, you can automate those processes as well. Yeah, I always think that's some of the biggest un, 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 uh, fruit that's not been ta- taken advantage of, if you want to call yep. it, right? Fruit that's on the floor is your own team members, letting them know, hey, share this post on social. Hey, go to our social media and share it. If you get any any post on Facebook or any of these platforms to get 200 shares, there's a chance for you to go viral. And most yeah. businesses, some of them bigger, have 200 employees that are willing to share it. They just don't have a process of updating them, letting them know, maybe incentivizing, having a little reward program or having some sort of contest that, you know, whoever shares this post gets a, a chance to have a week off or I don't know. You know what I mean? We've yeah. come up with a couple of these fun ideas, but using it internally. I think that's a great idea, Tom, is more businesses to use internal. I love the idea too, my man, of on your employment pages, folks, having a subscribe button. Let's go. Last couple questions for you, my dude. If you were to take a vacation today, where would you want to go? Oceans or lakes? Lakes. Let's go. What lake are you going to go to right now? Uh, probably Winnipesaukee because that's I'm already. Wow, on the lake. nice. <laughs> what are you going to do up there? What do you do on the lake? What do you like to do on the lake? Sailing, wakeboarding, nice. uh, uh, wake surfing, Ooh, wake uh, surfing. kayaking. I do some sculling, so I do a little yeah. bit of everything on the. You on enjoy the, lake. the outdoors. I love the outdoors. So that's awesome. I have some of my best ideas when I'm not in front of a computer. <laughs> right when you're with nature, with your uh, not thinking about the business just, either, maybe. Just, yeah, just putting in work, just, it, putting in work in life. Right. Exactly. Work hard, play that. hard. I love that. Dude, too many times we, we forget how much we can get inspired. They say Elon Musk gets his best ideas in the shower, right? So that's a place where you're not distracted. Him, he's very busy. The second he probably wakes up out of his shower, blah, 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 a million things to do. So the shower for him, maybe is his only place. I got 20 minutes to myself, no kids, no, you know, nothing. And maybe that's yep. where his his shower is your uh, kayak. You want to call I'm going to try not to have Musk in the shower in my head now. No, 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 Musk. <laughs> no hairy ass Musk. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, when you're waking up for your day, though, and you're pumped, energized, ready to start your day, why do you love being you, Tom? Why do I love being me? Wow, that's a really hard question. It is a hard uh, question. <laughs> uh, uh, I don't know. I think because I'm kind of the master of my own destiny, like I, you know, I make deliberate decisions each day on where I'm going to go next. Uh, and I think that that's really rewarding over the course of, of many years. So, so I don't small, know. Small decisions every yeah. day into a huge, just, huge success, like the snowball of, of Warren Buffett story. Yeah, just you know, I think we're we're all we're all masters of our own destiny, and we too often are you know undercut ourselves with the decisions that we make each day. Mm-hmm. So like you have to wake up and make deliberate decisions on what's next that's going to get you to where you're going to go. Mm-hmm. And it's not like this big giant goal. It's the like, okay, what are the hundred steps that I need to go from here to over there? Well, right. okay, let's start at number one and kind of go from there. Step uh, one. Do step one today. And I just, I very much love like just being able to knock those things out. And I feel like I'm pretty good at that. Of course you are, brother. (laughs) You you built an incredible business for yourself. You can see it in your mojo, your energy, your vibe. Um, And and most importantly, let's just be real. This is just scraping the surface, dude. More and more businesses are still just barely taking this for real. 
You know what I mean? Like I still think there's probably 60% or more businesses that can use digital email and they still haven't fully adopted it yet. You know, um, Absolutely. I don't know fully, but I mean, there's just yeah. so many more. No, it's a huge, there's huge opportunity there across, yeah. across the spectrum. Absolutely. Do you think you'll ever retire from the business, retire from the game of entrepreneurship? No, no. Keep in the game. <laughs> Charlie Munger, Warren Buffett to the end, baby. We're rolling. I think it changes over the years, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just it, it, when it, it's kind of in your veins. It's hard to get rid of that, and you, you know, you're always going to be having it. Will will my daily involvement be the same forever? No, definitely not. But uh, you know, I think I'm always going to have some sort of an impact there because it's part of what feeds who I am. So. With the entrepreneur's blood, baby. We got to we, we love being in the game, and if we were out playing golf all day, we'd be bored. We need to we need, give us some challenges. Give us some hardship. Let's go. We'll play some us. golf and do some work. Absolutely, so they, they don't have to be mutually exclusive. <laughs> exactly. I always say that to entrepreneurs too, that you should, or anyone. You should live a little piece of your retirement today because we all Absolutely. don't know when more days are going to be. Don't go crazy, but live a little piece of that retirement today. Do the splurge. Do the thing you wanted to do because why not? You can always would, make it up on the back end. I often get that like, oh, I can't leave my business or I can't take a vacation. And, and it's like, okay, what, what's the worst thing that would happen if you took a work week off? Like, that's probably a problem you should work on because yes. if something stops happening because you're gone for a week, like you that's need real. to fix that. Like yeah. that, 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 that should be your area. biggest investment. That should be your uh, biggest investment. You worry absolutely. about new customers. You should worry about that. So if you can identify that up front and fix that, but then you actually have to go away for a week or two right. weeks or three weeks or the four weeks is even to better. See, to see if it because, works. Because when you come back, that list of things that went wrong is now something that you can work on making better. And you'll never get that list until you actually go away for a week. And I guarantee you, whatever mm. you think is the most terrible thing that could possibly happen, it won't actually happen and probably couldn't happen. And even if it did, your team's probably going to figure it out anyway. Right. So my, right. my team, when I first did that, uh, we ran through this exercise and we whiteboarded like, what's the worst case what's scenario? Worst right. And, and my team came up with like, well, what happens if the building catches on fire? And I'm like, I'm <laughs> not the fire department fire, man. you're not <laughs> gonna call me what are you gonna do with that and they're like well what if we need new computers i was like go buy some new ones apple.com <laughs> wherever you guys gotta go apple.com apple. <laughs> but like the things that your team is afraid of like that's a great exercise to work through mm. with people so like you said um, then you create another whole system based on the that those challenges that you had uh it, be you it becomes a, a decision making matrix that allows your team to execute without you uh, in a, in a way that is still in line with your, you know, like when we all talk about like culture as a business, like to me is culture, isn't like the business perks that you give out. It's not free food and, and, uh, you know, or, uh, yeah, yeah insurance. All that kind of stuff. Right. To me, it's, it's the, the process for which our team makes decisions without like a managerial input, um, that we all are kind of thinking along the same veins. We all apply the same morality and ethics to how we make decisions. Mm. Um, and we're able to execute those individually, but as as, as a group in a consistent way. Dude, that's um, incredible. Dude. So. That's how the businesses grow. That's how the businesses grow. That's the only way the businesses grow. Otherwise, Tom would not be the same if it was just my man, Tom. What are <laughs> exactly. you? Or you'd be no. really stressed out. <laughs> I'd have a lot less hair than I already yeah, do. No, <laughs> no sleep, baby. Team no sleep for real, for real. Uh, yeah. Do you have a routine on starting your day? Uh, oatmeal, blueberries, and orange juice. Uh, and then I usually, uh, lately I've been rowing in the morning. Ooh, so nice. whether, I love rowing. whether it's actually out on the lake or a row 
sure. <laughs> um, so, but uh, yeah, that's it gets the blood flowing, gets you moving for the day. How long? How far will you row? What's your normal row? Uh, do you guys do you track the the distance? I usually do two thousand meters. Nothing too crazy, like ten minutes. Yeah, 10 minutes. it depends, like effort wise. But I'm usually like a half an hour to forty five minutes is what I've been doing these days. It's so a great workout, really, dude. Yeah, it's a hell of like when I first started doing it, it was like five ten minutes and i'm like right how do people do this for yeah. half an hour yeah <laughs> dude it's a, it's a great workout so, it's but it's truly... a full full body workout gets you going cardio get some muscles going uh get you good and sweaty and then you can get on with your day <laughs> so get go have your 20 minute shower uh you know elon musk time <laughs> right you get your 20 minute shower to come up with your next big idea and then we're ready to go baby exactly. is there a skill you're trying to master right now tom is there something you're trying to get better at perfect work on <laughs> That's probably not the answer you're looking for. Wake Surf 360s. <laughs> Let's go! Tell us about what's Wake Surf 360s. Uh, so you do it behind a ski boat, uh, and you're sur- wake surfing behind it on a little surfboard, and then you you basically spin around. Will you let going. Will you let go of the so, of the of the the? Uh, well, you're, you've already let go of the rope. Part of wake surfing you. when you get going with it is like you're actually surfing a wave, like you would you, in the ocean. You. You're you, just doing you. it behind a boat, uh, and you don't actually need the wave because or just, you don't need the rope of, because it's real slow. You're kind of using um, that like like the momentum. I've seen my yep. my buddies out here in the they do a, they do that out here in Central California. Hey, we're going crazy on the Thing. Exactly. So being able to do a little 360 and keep going. So let's go. Haven't quite got that one dialed yet. We're getting that in a few weeks. But then practice. We got this. We got. This. I've been trying for a couple of years. It hasn't clicked. God damn it! Let's go, God. <laughs> we got my boy. We got my boy. He's coming. The universe is coming. My guys. My guy's gonna hit it. We're gonna be. He's gonna feel like a god out there on the lake. Uh, uh, it's so. So beside that, you like just mastering things that are outside of the business. Absolutely. So yeah, there's always, always something new. So we just challenge yourself, baby, learn something new. I always think that one's a, like the, uh, Zuckerberg out there. Uh, was he doing like the, uh, his board that just automated, you know what I'm talking about? Oh, the e-foil. E-foil. Yeah. E-foil. Those are kind of cool, man. He's out there. Uh, Zuckerberg is going to own the most land in Kauai. He's going to eventually turn Kauai into Zuckland. Uh, I don't think the locals like that. But I yeah. know, bro, but he's buying like a, we were there like for a honeymoon. They were talking about how he's been buying like any available property he's buying. Um, yeah, because obviously he's got the money, but he's got there on the e-foil hitting it up on the e-foil. That's cool, man. Technology is amazing, dude. It's incredible. Who would have thought 20 is. years you'd be hitting the e-foil? Uh, if you could sit down tonight for a steak dinner, who would you want to chop it up with? Oh, that's uh, off the top of my head. Um, probably Bill Gates. Let's go. Interesting, interesting dinner. Heck yeah, dude. Incredible. People always have all the speculation and all this stuff like that. But I always say this. The dude is literally like putting part of his life to like give back to humanity. And like, how could you not see that, like the good and like what someone's trying to do in that? And obviously that comes with a lot of all the other stuff, especially during the pandemic thing. But when you look at the end result, there's so many other people that are just buying more another Bugatti and stacking up more things. And his mission has become bigger than that. And then yeah. secondly, a guy like Warren Buffett, who's pretty damn smart about his money, is literally going to be giving most of it, if not all of it, to the foundation. So he's obviously done a little due diligence, I like to say. And I, that makes me also feel really good about the whole uh, Bill and Melinda Gates yeah. Foundation. But I think that's incredible. We can help change the world, man. You know, Um let's just be real resources and out and asses like that can absolutely change the rule if placed correctly, you know, if absolutely. placed correctly, yeah. 
But I, man, talk about someone that's gone through tons of things in his business and seen it grow and scale. And now they just talked about Microsoft uh, helping launch the Netflix platform, the ad platform. Because um, Microsoft was instrumental in the Facebook platform. I mean, they were instrumental in getting that thing to where it is, you know? And uh, I always, I, the only thing I always find is that now they've gotten really smart with their acquisitions, Microsoft, it seems like. There was a day there, they were like buying Bing and they were just buying a bunch of things and they were just, yeah, I don't know. I really don't know. You're never successful with everything, every venture that you take. You gotta, ha- you gotta have losers in order to have some winners. So right, right. You can't, you can't hit the way it goes sometimes. It make that. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely. You, when you keep, take venture. There's like nine, nine swings, and you get the one grand slam, and that pays for the the hundred swings yep. you could have took. Yep. Yeah, what's the uh, the the old famous uh, uh, Gretzky quote? You know, you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. The best. So, yes, my boy Gretzky, right there, my boy, my boy. <laughs> uh, yeah, Bill Gates would be fascinating, dude. I think he would be incredible. I think he'd be very interesting to talk to too about all the challenges he's seen and uh, what is what is new what his new goals are. You know, I mean, because obviously you hear things here and there, but I always like just listening to people like that because they've obviously built incredible success. Amongst tons of challenges and hardships and they were antitrust stuff and all sorts of crazy stuff. And uh, but still on the other end of it, you know, it changed the world. Let's just be real. Microsoft has changed the world. Microsoft, Google, Excel. Come on, Excel. Get beyond the, the computing platform that these things are, are mind blowing what they can do for you. I mean, as far as mm-hmm. business owner, productivity, worksheets, taxes, everything. It's incredible. Um, last question for you, my dude. Is there a book that you either reread or sticks to your soul? Something you just you gravitate to that you kind of like, I love this book, right? Uh, Robert Cialdini's uh, The Psychology of Persuasion. Ooh, that's Probably a good one. I've read that book like four times, four or five times. That's a good one. So dude. I recommend it to pretty much all of our staff constantly. <laughs> that's a really good one, dude. It's incredible that we... we uh, Life is persuasion, baby. We're all being persuaded in different ways and it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing, but... We have to also own that and then and constantly learn from it because there's there's so much learning out there. Um, where can people learn more about the business? I mean, we could send them to the website, I'm sure, but uh, is there any other special places to send them? I think it's aweber.com, yep. folks, aweber.com. Uh, but I definitely suggest you guys sign up because I think you guys can start growing today for free, right? For free? Absolutely. Yeah, we have a free plan up to 500 subscribers. Dude, take advantage of that today, folks. That's an incredible value. If you don't have an opt-in form on your site, you should have a way for people to sign up. So, uh, you know, regardless of what platform you use, I hope you pick AWeber, but you put some sort of an opt-in form on there. Even if you've got a million social followers on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram, you don't own those audiences. They could go away tomorrow. Right. When when someone opts in to hear from you via email, you, you have their email address. You can communicate with them from any platform. So not not just Aweber. So just start collecting those subscribers today. That's awesome. You're giving that that uh, that plan option to 500. That's a quite that's quite a good value to be transparent with you because in a world of uh, software is trying to nickel and dime you for every single account. I mean that's that, a lot, 500 is a good amount for people to you know start. You build the following and then obviously you can only go from there. So that's amazing. Aweber.com. Tom, dude, I appreciate you, brother. I know. Uh, the challenges of running business have been inc- got to be incredible, dude. After 23 years, but you're looking younger than ever, my dude. And we're just scratching the surface on email. I think more, I've been hearing it more and more from my agencies, to be transparent with you, which mm-hmm. gives me the sense that it's coming from their businesses saying, we got to take this more seriously. 
And in this world of like all different kind of like not knowing exactly where to place your money, I think they're starting to place the value in email more, you know? Yeah. Um, everybody went social because it was easy and free. And and then they recognize the, 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 the drawbacks of it. Yeah, <laughs> Nothing's free, baby. <laughs> nope. No, it is not. You got a million followers? Well, you want to reach uh, 1% of them? Uh, yeah, well, that's exactly. a, a $100. You want to reach 2%? That's $200. Oh, you want to reach 0% of them? Oh, well, you can give me that for free, but... uh, (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Well, the truth is, the truth is this, like you said, it's a, that was the that was the play then, and it's still the play, but it's combinations. It's combinations. It's always Absolutely. been that medium mix, right? For all the marketing, it's this medium mix. But I'm telling you, I feel like it's on the top of the tongue lately, more and more. So I continue to think your business is in a good place because the agencies, I mean, business owners, they all just need to find more efficiency in their marketing, and this is the most efficient one. The most efficient. Collect Absolutely. emails, distribute. Collect emails, distribute. It's the most efficient. It makes you don't have to spend a lot of money. You don't have to spend a hundred thousand dollars, a thousand dollars a month on a media campaign that might not work. Figure it out. And uh, and I say always, like I said, anything, record, test, promote, because everything we do in marketing is a test, right? Like I feel like everything's a test. And if you don't try it, go check out right now, guys. Aweber.com. And uh, we'll put it in the show notes too for you guys. Tom, my man, I appreciate you folks. You've been hanging out with my man Tom Coozer. And Travis, too tall and huff, we want to thank you again for your time today. And let's keep being real. What another epic episode. And uh, if you enjoyed the episode today, can you please do me a favor and subscribe to our podcast, The B-Real Show, on iTunes or your favorite podcast platform. And also take a little time today, if you don't mind, and give your boy T-Huff a review. I would really super appreciate it. And thank you so much for listening today. We're all going through a lot right now. And real-time outsource. My business is giving back to local and small businesses. Through our social media services and campaigns, we are actually helping small businesses get more exposure during these times and also when we get through these times. At the end of the day, we don't know how long this is all going to last, but most importantly, you got to think about your business right now and take it seriously. So come check us out at realtimeoutsource.com, realtimeoutsource.com, and we would love for you to qualify and get the process started where we can take a look at your business and see if we can qualify you for some of our services. Um, at, uh, little to no cost for most of the businesses and, uh, and, and some businesses, you know, you're going to have to pay, but that's just part of life. Right. But most importantly is that I think this is the time folks that you can actually help thrive in your business. And so I would love to help you personally with our team. We're all going through a tough time right now. So take advantage of us realtimeoutsource.com. Check us out. And we would love to do some business with you and help you with your social and digital media in 2020 and beyond.